page 676, 676. And before I read them to us, let's pray. Father, thank you for the way that you've invited us to partner with you. Enable us to engage in mission, to put our hand into your hand, and to do the work that is set before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 to 6. Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you'll find it again. Give portions to seven, yes, to eight, for you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there will it lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let not your hands be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Now we've chosen these six verses for our Mission Sunday because verse 1, cast your bread upon the waters, just look at it with me. Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again, has been used throughout the centuries to refer to giving to the poor, or in other words, meeting someone else's need, or for our purposes tonight, to engage in mission. Now, mission is a word used by many, and when I say mission, and when we talk about mission here at St. Mark's, what we really mean is making Jesus known through our words and our actions. We, our desires that our actions carry the integrity of our words. And so we want to act the way Jesus acted and share why we're acting this way. If you do one without the other, you don't end up with a picture of what God's vision for mission is. God wants to enter into a relationship with people. And if they just see our deeds, they think we're nice. If they just hear our words, they think we're overly opinionated. But if they see the both together, they see that there's something at work in our lives that is worth pursuing. That there's, a, there's something going on that raises questions and really draws them close to Jesus. And that's really what mission is all about. Now, for some going on mission as we've heard tonight, has involved going to the corners of the earth. But for many, going on mission is what happens after breakfast. For you and I, and I, I am praying, and we will pray tonight, that somebody here tonight, maybe a man, because I thought the ratio was a bit skewed on the mission partners, receives a call from God to go and do mission in a country that needs it. But for our purposes, for most of us, going on mission is what happens after you, have, after you have breakfast. It happens as you head out the door and go about your day. Mission is something that we're all invited into. It's, this morning we had baptisms, and it's in the baptism vows made on behalf of, of, the, of the children by their parents. 
And so I just want to draw out three ideas from these six verses. The first is this invitation to engage in mission. The second is to be consistent. And the third is not to wait for the perfect conditions. Let's look back at verse 1. Let me read it to you. Cast your bed upon the waters, for after many days you'll find it again. Let's look at this clip. It made me think immediately of a scene out of one of... um, a movie I endured, but I enjoyed this clip called About a Boy. You may remember it. Have a look, and uh, we'll come back to the passage in a moment. Trying to feed it. What's that floating in the water next to it? Is that, is that your mum's bread? Bloody hell, Marcus, you didn't have to throw the whole loaf. That would have killed me. Hey, you the one was throwing bloody great loaves at the ducks. Yeah, he was, but um, I've stopped him now. You know, boys are big boys and all that. So he killed it? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. The duck was dead already. He was throwing bread to try and sink the body because um, Megan here was getting upset. Marcus wouldn't kill a duck. Would you, Marcus? No, I love ducks. They're my second favourite animal, after dolphins. They can kill sharks with their noses. I'll have to wade in and get it. Listen, I hope it's not some sort of epidemic. I think we beat the rat there, mate. Yeah. Cast your bread on the waters probably not what the writer had in mind. This is an invitation to be involved in mission when life is full of uncertainty. And if the writer in Ecclesiastes thought life was uncertain then, oh my word, it hasn't changed. Life is so uncertain today. We can do our best to plan. We can do our best to prepare But time and chance have a way of just making life completely unpredictable. But here with this, and so on this backdrop of the uncertainty of life, the wise thing to do is to cast your bread upon the waters. The wise thing to do is to engage in mission. Why? Because there's a benefit to it. For after many days you will find it again. Jesus put it this way. Listen carefully, unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life, just as it is, 
destroys that life. But if you let go, reckless in your love, you'll have life forever, real and eternal. And here Jesus and the writer of Ecclesiastes are hitting on a similar point. Life, if we hold on to all that we hold dear really tightly in a time of uncertainty, we'll lose it. But here, as Jesus says, and here, as the writer of Ecclesiastes says, if we cast our bread under the water, despite the uncertainty, if we lay hold of what we know and dare to engage in mission, then we will find life. We will find life like we've never found it before. And all we have to do is let go and be a little reckless in our love. I don't know about you. It's so easy to be reckless with our words. It's so easy to be reckless with drink. It's so easy to be reckless with our behavior. And here Jesus says, be reckless in your love. Engage in mission." Find your way to make Jesus known. What would it mean for you to let go of all that you hold dear, just a little bit, and to engage in mission with Jesus? Because it'll come back. And what will come back is this reward where you will find a meaning to your life that wasn't there before. What would it look like for you to go about your day letting it go? Well, this is, this is what happened to me. I have a new job of sorts. My oldest son, Ethan, goes to a playgroup. And part of the arrangement, the fees are a little bit less than other places around here. And part of the reason is because parents are invited, or in my case, conscripted, into helping out once a fortnight. And uh, two weeks ago was my first day. And uh, I was trying to quiz Rachel. said, look, look, what's involved? I mean, you're the primary school teacher. You taught reception I don't feel I have the skills necessary. She says, don't worry, don't worry, we're fine. Then she said, David, it's a play group. It's a group where they play. Thought, All right, yeah, piece of cake. Absolutely, it'll be fine. How hard could it be? Fifteen kids, play with them. Wow. Um, have any of you seen Jurassic Park? <laughs> you know when Newman's driving in the Jeep and the T-Rex comes down and Yeah, that was kind of what happened my first time. And anyway, two days ago, last Friday, was my second time helping on the playgroup. And I wanted to go in with a different... I didn't just want to survive. I wanted to engage and to see what I could do for the sake of of the gospel. Um, And generally, there are three things you can do to engage in mission. You can pray. We prayed for the mission partners. That was engaging in mission. You could pray for your colleagues at work. You could pray for your neighbors. That's engaging in mission. You can serve people. You can serve your neighbor. You can serve someone in the workplace. And that can be, you know, engaging in mission. And then you can tell someone about Jesus and what he's done for you and what he is looking to do for them. And that is engaging in mission. Well, I discovered on Friday that praying and playing together just doesn't work. I mean, I don't know how people do that, but I couldn't do it, so I, I forgot about that. Instead, I tried, to, tried a different tack. I was a bit helpless. A little girl, uh, two and a half, came up to me and said, I need to do a wee. And I was like, great. 
Then I realized I had to do something about it because, you know, our son hasn't been toilet trained. So anyway, I was trying to really keep up with what was going on, but I decided I was going to try and serve some of the parents. And how I was going to do that is I was, my plan was I'm going to notice something of some of the children, their behavior, and I'm going to tell their parents how great their kids were. It all but failed, except for five minutes to go, I noticed this one girl just doing something really great. And um, as I was leaving, I saw her mom coming in. And so I accidentally, well, actually it wasn't accidental, I took my double-wide buggy and I ran into her just to get her attention. And as I did, I said, oh, by the way, you, oh, you're so-and-so's mother. Well, let me tell you, this is what I saw her do today. What is mission? Because we've got to remind ourselves what mission is. Mission is making Jesus known through our words and our deeds. I didn't launch into you know, a three-point reason why she needed to turn to Jesus. What I did do, though, is I told her about what her daughter had been like. I served her. And I was, she, was, she probably just thinks I was being a nice guy. But that's not my intention. I'm not, I'm not just a nice guy. I'm someone who's been dramatically changed by the power of Jesus. His love has completely transformed my life, and I know that he will transform her life. And so I shared that with her as the first step to a long process. And now I'm praying for that family, and now I'm praying that a moment will come where I'll be, well, I will have earned, I guess, the, uh, relation, the relational uh, credit so that she will ask, you know, what, 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 you know what's, what's your story? And I'll be able to tell her about Jesus. So for me, that was the first step of being on mission. For me, that was letting go. <laughs> for me, that was being a little bit reckless in love. What does that look like for you tomorrow to engage in mission? Second point is be consistent. And look down with me at verse 6. Verse 6 says, Sow your seed in the morning and at evening. Let not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Now, I know a number of us here tonight, and I know that a number of you have been doing this mission thing for a long time. And the most frustrating thing, I think if we're honest, is that we walk into opportunities that we believe will be successful and they bomb. And then we walk into things by chance and we see incredible success. And this is exactly what the writer here is saying, is that you can't determine where you'll find success. And so make the most of every opportunity. Be consistent. Lisa Marqua has been on mission in South Africa for eight years consistently. And she has seen fruit. We've heard her share with us about that. And the same is true for us. All we have to be is consistent. Consistently seeking to pray, to serve, and to tell. And you will not perhaps know where the success will be, but if you're consistent in your actions, you will see fruit. It almost makes me think that the writer to the, of the Ecclesiastes, the letter of the, of the, the book here, is English. Because what he simply, he's actually saying is, keep calm and carry on. That's essentially what it is, isn't it? My third point, and I'm going to finish on this, is in verse 4. 
Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Uncertainty can cause us to do nothing. Uncertainty can cause us to look at all of the negative implications of a course of action. We could end up, as it says here, watching the wind, looking at the clouds, and doing nothing. And what we're encouraged to do is do your work. Do your work. Don't stare at the clouds. Get on with your life. If you wait for the perfect moment, you won't get anywhere. You won't get anywhere. Jesus gave this encouragement. He said, go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you, and I will be with you as you do this. You see, we can look at the wind, and we can look at the clouds, we can wait for that perfect moment, and life passes us by. And opportunities to get involved and to engage in mission in the most creative of ways just disappear. They slip through our fingers. Even though it's uncertain, we're to cast our bread upon the waters. Why? Because Jesus says he will be with us. Jesus says he will be with us amidst the uncertainty. And so engage in mission. Engage in mission. I don't know what your workplace looks like. I don't know if you see it as a place where just the conditions aren't right for you to necessarily be, uh, you know, the most effective Christian there. I don't know. You, you, you may not think that. You may think that. But from my understanding of the gospel is that Jesus plus one is always a majority. When I think about myself and trying to not, not wait for the perfect moment and try to launch out and do something on my own, I'm like this balloon, deflated, not going to go anywhere fast, not even that attractive. Um, you know, just there it is. But with Jesus, with the promise of Jesus being with me and the thought of going to a potentially hostile environment, it looks more like this. I don't know if you can see what's on the balloon. It's the world. With Jesus at my side, without the perfect circumstances, the scenario changes. It's no longer a barren landscape where things are difficult. It becomes a world of opportunity. God is there. And with him, he has put the world in my hands, and there's nothing I can't do without him. Now, I may not be successful. I will make mistakes, but he is with me, and so I engage in mission. Jesus put it like this. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. King David worked before he was king as a worship pastor, and on a bad day, his boss threw a spear at him. Almost killed him. And the Psalms are filled with prayers where he prayed for God 
to remove him from his enemies, but God didn't. God redeemed that situation so that when David would be made king, he'd be prepared for the authority and the power at his hands. And were it not for Saul, he wouldn't have been fit to be king because it was because of that agitation that God was able to mold him. And may I encourage you that no matter how difficult a situation may be in your life and how great a case that difficulty may, might make for you not to engage in mission, the very presence of you in that place with God would indicate to me that God is looking to use that to prepare you for something greater. Let me close with this and then I'll pray. I said to the man, this is a poem. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. I want to pray that God would send people into the harvest field, that he would send us into the harvest field. So that as you wake up tomorrow, you have breakfast, got to have breakfast, most important meal of the day. Whatever comes next, you're engaging a mission where you can pray, you can serve, and you can tell. And so I wonder, is there anyone here, I'll ask you all to stand at once at the end, is there anyone here who's feeling that prompting to engage? Just to engage, to do something. Maybe to pray, maybe to serve through an act of kindness that is really motivated by your desire for them to meet with Jesus or even to tell, to share the gospel. Is there someone here who needs that encouragement from God just to keep going? just to keep being consistent, not to give up. When Marcus threw the bread into the water, he didn't expect that. Is there anyone here who knows that you've just been looking at the clouds, waiting for the perfect set of circumstances for you to engage in a greater way? Those circumstances are unlikely to come. You've just got to put your hand into the hand of God and say, I'm available. Just show me. If you'd like to respond to any of those things, just stand where you are now. harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Oh Lord, we thank you for this invitation of yours to cast our bread upon the waters. Lord, to those who have stood, would you meet them in their place of need? For those who need encouragement to engage in mission, by praying, by serving, by sharing the gospel. Come and fill them with your spirit and enable them with your love. For those who need the encouragement just to keep going, to be consistent, 
Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Refresh them again. And for those, Lord, who need that invitation of yours to stop waiting for the perfect circumstances, just to put their hand into your hand and say, I am available. Lead me and I will follow. Come, Holy Spirit. Lead them now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's stand and let's sing together as the